What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. Do we want to compare bylines? How many? Barry Horn. We're supposed to keep this thing moving, be fresh. Get ready for the most listened-to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about Mavericks. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Oh, we almost had that intro right, except it's not colleges, although... I'd love to talk to Chuck Cooperstein about colleges because... You can talk to Chuck about anything. You can talk to Chuck about anything. And, uh, Chuck, how'd those Florida Gators do this weekend? Not well. <laughs> Is that it? Not, not uh, well? Expectedly not well. Right. I know. I, 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 I hated to bring it up, and I brought it up yesterday when we were... He sitting. hated it so much he brought it up first, Chuck. I know, because well, it was because of the intro. We, we mentioned colleges. But what you're really... Well, it, it's okay. It, 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 really, it really is. You know, one of these days, our offensive guru will actually be an offensive guru. Oh. Now, what's up with that anyway? The guy's supposed to be an offensive genius, and you can't move the ball. Well, since uh, we've scored 20 points, or, or more than 20 points, just twice in the last nine weeks. And wow. going back to last year, it was an abject disaster. Um, you know, I, I'm always a believer of you don't need great quarterback play. But you can't have awful quarterback play, and unfortunately, uh, my beloved alma mater has some pretty awful quarterback that's, play. That's, right that's so everybody knows we're talking about the University of Florida. Yes, that's correct. And uh, to Coop yes. Gator, as, as we call Chuck. <laughs> but now we're asking Chuck about the team for which he is the non-pareal. Non-pareal? Non-pareal. There's, there's no comparison in play-by-play. With the Dallas Mavericks, Chuck Cooperstein, uh, he's my he's my all time favorite basketball uh, broadcaster. There's nobody better than Chuck. Did, did Chuck write your lines for you today? Uh, oh, really? Well, I didn't even send anything to him. What's going on here? Unbelievable! I, I don't know, but Mark Falwell somewhere is curling up into oh, into, into I a, love I love Mark Falwell. I love Mark Falwell. He's probably number two, but I, I I'm I'm a Chuck guy. I'm a Chuck guy. So Chuck, I saw you. Yeah, he, you know what? All, all he had to do, see, all he had to do, was radio. Is just say radio. Yeah. If he just said radio, it would have been okay. No, I'm going past that. You know, I'm I'm paid for my opinions, and uh, and that's my opinion. That's where I'm going. Wow, that's where that, I'm going. That, that's a hot sports opinion. I'll, I'll, I'll I'd say this market, you know, it really is remarkable because Brad Sham is my all-time favorite play-by-play uh, guy. He's a, of course a radio guy as well for the Cowboys. Right. I, I don't think there's anybody better. I don't think anybody better than Chuck. Well, well you know, you know, when you you had, do you know, do you know Chuck on, on, the on Facebook? I just want to say, uh, Chuck, Chuck on Facebook, you're advocating for Brad to get into the Ring of Honor, aren't you? Chuck, I am, yes. and I believe it. And, uh, it's frankly inexcusable that it hasn't happened. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, you know, well, I, I hope I hope it does, and uh, you know, I frankly I hope Jerry does it while Brad's around to see it. Yeah, that would be nice. Wouldn't it? That would be extraordinarily nice. And you know, you know, it happened last week in Philadelphia with with Merrill Reese. And I, I got to know Merrill in the year and a half that I lived in Philadelphia, and really enjoyed his company, and just and really know what he means to Eagles fans. And frankly, what all uh, longtime 
radio guys mean to their fans. And you know, football especially because in the NFL, you know, there is no local television. <laughs> your local guy is your radio guy. Uh, but, you know, we see it in baseball, and obviously Eric's in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, uh, you know, Brad uh, should be in the Ring of Honor. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're so fortunate to have Ralph Strangers here as, as long as, as we had him. And, uh, you know, Dave Strader has been an elite broadcaster for a long time. Uh, you know, he, he certainly has had his share of fantastic moments. We're, we're extraordinarily blessed in this market. Yes, we are in radio. There's no question about that. And I didn't mean to leave Eric Nadell off that list either. It was really, really you're cre- you're you crea- cut me off. You're, you're creating enemies by well, you, the You cut second. me off, and that's what the problem was. All right, now let's get, now let's get down to what we, we had Chuck on to talk about. And that's the, as we talked today, before the game tonight against Charlotte, the 4-15 and Dallas Mavericks. Um, so, so Chuck... At this point, in this juncture, basically 20 games into the season, uh, are the Mavericks about what you thought they would be, or better or worse? Well, clearly they're worse than they, uh, I thought they'd be. But you know, nobody was counting on all the injuries happening at once, and you know that was—it's always the fear of of an older team. Uh, your colleague Rick Gosselin always talks about it as it relates to football, but the same does apply in basketball. Uh, that you're going to have injuries throughout the year, and it's how you deal with them that really determines whether you're going to be good or bad. Uh, unfortunately for the Mavericks, it was not spread out over 82 games. It was it was concentrated right off the bat, uh, really starting with uh, the last game of the preseason when uh, when Devin Harris uh, messed up his foot again, and and it's just been a snowball since then. We I mean, know everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Uh, and so they find themselves where they are, you know, in situations where, you know, the other night against San Antonio, they have a chance to win the game. They're obviously up in the fourth quarter, but they're behind by one with four minutes to go. And all of a sudden, Rick Carlisle looks down his bench and realizes, I've got only one guard I can put in the game right now. Yeah. It, who gets put into that situation? Who expects that situation to happen? It, it doesn't happen that way. So uh, this team has constructed uh, in its best form uh, was a team that I thought was a bottom rung playoff team in the Western Conference, but uh, you know they're nowhere near that team right now. Uh, you, the, the me being a, a glass half full kind of guy, you know, oh, I, I'm Mister Positive. Yeah, is that uh, the the, oh. the positive development for me in this season? Harrison uh, Barnes is well. There's two. It's two problems. Okay. It's it's uh, one Harrison Barnes, and and that what everybody would say that 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 you know who would have thought that he after the after the preseason that he had. And and that and because of the fact that he came from a a, a program where uh, he was an organization where he was you know the the fourth uh, all you know alternative uh, in offense uh, to, for him to play as well as he has that that's been a tremendous development for the Mavericks and I and I think that's actually been facilitated by the fact that Dirk has been out you know that that he's. It would be his nature as a young player to be deferential to Dirk. I mean, I think most players would be at his age. Uh, and that has actually helped him with Dirk being out. And the number two development being that Wesley Matthews' shot has it seems to have finally come back uh, after waiting on that all last year and then uh, even into this season when he started out cold, his three-point shot has, has returned. Those are two really solid developments for this team. Is there a oh, question? Sure. I'd agree no. with that. Now, now in, in Matthew's case, you know, there were a few stretches last year where he did shoot the ball as he has shot it in the last 11 games. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say 
that he's all the way back to pre-Achilles injury West uh, from a shooting standpoint. I think that remains to be seen. His competitiveness, though, is completely off the charts. That's terrific. Uh, and, and, yes. and, and he's a guy who, you know, who wants to take on the mantle of leadership. And clearly somebody has to do that in a, in a post-Dirk world. So you know, from that standpoint, it's, it's great. And, you know, again, the other night against Jimmy Butler, you know, he, he handles Jimmy Butler so well. Yeah, Butler at 26 the other night. It's not like he had his four-point game against the Mavericks last year, but he really had to work for everything that he got. It never came easily, and, that, and that's what Wes does. And that's, I think, what uh, everybody is trying to take a page from uh, as this team attempts to play better defense. And in the Barnes case, I, you know, I think it's easy to say without Dirk that he's – it's been um, you know easier for him to take on this this load and uh, but I will say this now you know on opening night in, in Indiana uh, Dirk passed up a shot that he normally would take with three seconds to go and he saw Barnes and Barnes took it and nailed it and then he scored seven more points in overtime in that game that ultimately the Mavericks lost and and I'm I'm not ready to say that Barnes and Dirk could not have made beautiful music together. Uh, yeah, would Barnes have been a 20-point scorer? Probably not. Uh, would he have been uh, even more efficient, though, than he's been? Uh, I think you could make the argument that he would have been because Dirk would have allowed him more room to work on the floor. So uh, it, there are a lot of interesting things that have happened here. Uh, you know, yes, Barnes has uh, done a really good job of uh, when the Mavericks have been in close games in the fourth quarter you know, of really getting his hands on the basketball and, and trying to make some things happen. Uh, he's actually had three double-figure games in the fourth quarter, and, and uh, these games have been contested games. I think he's got eight uh, games where he scored at least seven points in the fourth quarter. I mean, that, that stuff is encouraging, and that might have happened even if Dirk was on the floor. Because, again, though, it, it would have been interesting to see where, where Dirk's minutes were coming from, how many minutes he's actually was playing with Barnes. Uh, but all in all, uh, obviously this is a very good thing, but I think it could have been a very similar a result even if Dirk were able to play. Chuck, I want you to put your uh, medical degree to use here and tell us wh- when will Dirk be when are you do you think Dirk will be back and if 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 game seven of the Western Conference Finals was tomorrow, would Dirk be able to play? Everything that I've been able to gather, if Game Seven was tomorrow, he would not be able to play. Okay, and he, he can't move. He can't. And and he's, he's just not moving. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, theoretically he could he could stand out there, and he could probably still shoot a little, and people would still have to pay a little bit of attention to him. But could he, you know, really resemble Dirk? Uh, I think that's a tough question. That's a tough question to ask right now. I, I, it's hard to believe that he would. I mean, look, look what's happened here. You know, he gets hurt after the opening game of the year in which he played 38 minutes. You have to remember, Dirk did not play 38 minutes in a game last year until January 6th. So, you know, he went from ramping up and basically playing uh, 24 minutes uh, to 26 minutes, and I think, in the uh, preseason finale, to all of a sudden playing 38 on opening night. Uh, that's not what the plan was, and it obviously didn't go well. So after that, he sits a week. He tries to play. He tries to play two games. It doesn't work. Uh, they sit him down for over two weeks. He tries to play a couple of games. doesn't work. 
So, I mean, at what point do you just say, look, the only way that this thing is getting better is if he actually just does nothing. Now, I realize that drives him absolutely crazy, and especially when it's basketball season. But there's no way that he can, you know, train and do what he has to do in order to be a basketball player uh, and at the same time get his Achilles correct without him getting completely off his feet and doing as little physically as he possibly can. So figure... So figure this time, just for the sake of argument, given the nature of this the Mavericks schedule, there are 17 games they're playing in the month of December. Um, you know, if you wanted to come back after Christmas, which would be, say, you know, that would have been basically about a month off. Well, the Mavericks then play four games and five nights right after Christmas. <laughs> Do you want to bring them back then? You know, if you understand you're going to sit them on the second night of back-to-backs, at, at that point, what what good does that do? So I, I think right now you're looking at January 3rd against Washington as the as the likeliest return for for Dirk, assuming that he actually has his Achilles heel up. So if that's the and I and I think that's the uh, certainly uh, a reasonable uh, estimate. If that's the point of return for Dirk, what is the point of no return for the Mavericks? At what point? Do you say, all right, uh, this truly is it, and we have to take this seriously about this season and how we're going to approach the rest of it? You certainly have to go through go through this month. Um, you know, the, the schedule this next couple of weeks actually is pretty favorable. They've got a lot of home games against teams that are pretty beatable. Um, so, and if you look at the last week and how the Mavericks have played, really. It, they could have been 4-0. Yeah. They, they could have mm-hmm. won all four of their games against the Pelicans, Spurs, Hornets, and uh, Saturday night against Chicago. So, you know, in their minds, they have to feel like they're making some progress. And if they go through this next couple of weeks and they rip off a few wins, have a real nice run here, um, you know, I, I just don't know. I guess my question for you, Kevin, would be, you know, what is your definition of a point of no return? I mean, what, what if there is a point of no return, what does that mean? What, not play Darren Williams? I mean, does that mean basically tank everything and just play Seth Curry and Jonathan Gibson the entire year, not play Berea or any of these guys? I mean, what does that mean to no, you? See, I, and, and that's not what – see, to me, that's a tank job. To me, as I refer to it, is a natural tank job. Well, to me, a natural tank job is that you you don't push Dirk, that you that you let him play when he's healthy, and you don't push him out there uh, unless he's a hundred percent. And of course, he's even said at eighty or ninety percent, I'm no good. He says I have to be a hundred percent. So uh, you know, I I play these guys when when they're all healthy, and you and you and you just play. But I do give reasonable minutes to people that I believe. That uh, that the you know the that, future that, that that is the future of this team, not guys. Because yes. I don't, I'm not sure who the I'm not sure, and that's what I want to ask you: who is the future of this team? Looking at this roster and the guys, the way they play now, obviously, you know Harrison Barnes, Wesley Matthews. You would think Justin Anderson. That you would think Dwight Powell, um, and th- those are guys that are the future of this team. Um, but I don't and know. They've been getting minutes anyway, and they've they've been playing anyway. They are, and, and we're playing with regardless of, of who was hurt because really most of the injuries have happened to the guards. You know, Dirk's the only guy in the front court that's really been hurt. 
Absolutely. So, so, so to me, uh, it, you know, does it really make sense to get you know uh, Gibson more minutes? Is 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 he a guy? I mean, I know that that probably maybe that increases your chances of losing, and if that's what you want to do. But I'm not I'm not as convinced either on the lottery. When we look at these guys, which I think is, the lottery is just ridiculous to me. As, as we look, if you look at the mock drafts, except for the European players, the first other and, and, and Grayson Allen, the first 15 players are all freshmen. So in other words, we're making judges based on what these guys did in high school right now so it, it, right. that's that's ridiculous and ludicrous to me to consider so I'm not sure as we had Dell Harris on last week and he talked about the two times in his career he was he was with organizations in which they were either tanking or or close to tanking and he had, but he had the the the, uh, the, the project of getting the prospects of getting uh, an Akeem Olajuwon or Ralph Sampson, or in the case of Milwaukee, he had the chance to get Shaq or Alonzo Mourning, uh, and and and, that, and that's different if you're gonna if you're gonna if that's the first pick as opposed to okay the first six picks are all nice picks you okay, know but, but we're we're sitting players. here in December don't you think by the end of March there will be one or two players of these freshmen who are will, clearly better than everybody clear, else or who will emerge no. I don't think I, I Chuck, don't think I don't think in one. I, I, I disagree with Kevin. I, I disagree. With you. I, I think this is Thanks, an exceptional Chuck. class of players. Well, I think, I, I, I think the class of players is good. good. I'm just saying there's not a standout. There's not a play to me. Well, no, there's not I, a Ben I think, Simmons. I think I tell you what. Right, even right now, uh, you can look at those three point guards: Lonzo Ball at UCLA, yeah. Martel Fultz at Washington, and right. Dennis Smith at NC State, and they are above the rest. They really are above the rest. They are truly difference-making players. Uh, now, the, the problem with this is that look at a team like Minnesota. Minnesota's got Carl Anthony Towns, right. who is a difference-making player. Yes. they got Andrew Wiggins, who right. has truly emerged in what would have been his, under normal circumstances for us old people, his rookie year in the NBA and would have come in and looked like Grant Hill. Because that's how he's playing. Right. Uh, you know, New Orleans has Anthony Davis. He might be the best player in the league right now. Where are they? They're terrible. So, it, I mean, just because you get that player, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily translate into immediate turnaround. Let alone a turnaround three years down the road. Right. I mean, there's so much else that has to happen in order for you to to get it right. And this is why the Mavericks have tried to put off this moment for as long as they possibly could because they know how hard it is to get back. So who are then, in that line, and we were starting that direction, who are then the keepers on this roster? Barnes clearly is. Uh, Matthews clearly is. Uh, Anderson and Powell are just because of their youth, and in Powell's case, his his contract, which is which is an interesting contract. Yes. I mean, they 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 paid a lot. They paid a lot for it, and they haven't gotten a lot of return. Although, interestingly enough, I think uh, the the basic benching of both Powell and Anderson a couple of weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving, right. and they're playing in garbage time against the Clippers and Cavaliers, seems to have jump-started them. They've been really good since then, and, and maybe just playing with less pressure uh, got uh, helped them uh, refocus themselves because they've been really good since then. The last week, they've, they've just been very helpful players and players that I think you can look at as potential rotation pieces on a good team. I think J.J. Beret is a valuable guy to have around, uh, just as, as a backup point guard and a guy who knows how to run a team and who knows how to create shots. Uh, 
Uh, You've got to have some some veteran presence uh, on your team. I don't think Kevin Harris will be back after this year. No. He's 13 years, and, you, and you've got the, the injury issues with his foot. But, yep. you know, Berea really has been a – I mean, he, he, he's pretty valuable. And, obviously, his contract, which we all laughed at last year or a couple of years ago when he got it, right. uh, wound up being a really valuable contract. I mean, the Mavericks got him at a great number and a tremendous number. So I do think there's, there's value there. So I think those are you know, legitimately the, the pieces – uh, going forward, that uh, that that the Mavericks have, they they clearly need a point guard. They need another uh, another athletic winger too. They need a a, a much better big man. Uh, you know, ultimately that uh, can play uh, thirty minutes a game and be be a difference making player. I mean, they need a lot more talent on their roster. There's no question about that. All right, now you mentioned the three point guards, and I was and I was looking over that list uh, recently, and I was and to me. Um, I know you can make a case in lots of positions, and, and of course, it depends on where you are in the draft, and if the, 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 you take the best sure, player that comes absolutely. to you, no question about that. But all things being equal, uh, I, I think this team is, uh, would would be really well served to take one of those uh, point guards, don't you think? You know, again, it it, it certainly helps. There's, there's no question about it. Um, you know, the way the game is today, that uh, you know, your point guard needs to really have to have be able to have a major impact on the game uh, because uh, of uh, the fact that there's no hand checking allowed anymore. Uh, there, there's plenty of opportunity for guards to be able to build up some steam and get themselves in the lane, and then you know they've got to be able to make good decisions when they get there. And so I, I think those three guys really have a sense of that. And, um, you know, just watching Ball play the other day against Kentucky. And by the way, the, the kid from Houston, uh, De'Aaron Fox, is tremendous also. I mean, don't be surprised that he's not among the top ten players taken either next year. He's just a terrific player. Um, but I, I do think that's important. But you know what? You also need, um, I, I think, the great wing player, the great 2-3, the guy who can just bomb it from deep or you know, drive it to score just totally devastate you with his athleticism uh, is is a really important quantity to have, uh, uh, quality to have in this league. And Josh Jackson uh, at Kansas really kind of fills that role too. Um, well, especially on a team that can't score. I, I don't. I, I mean, look, everybody's looking at the point guards. Uh, I don't know that you need. I don't know that you need a great point guard, oh. but you do have to have a a more than functioning point guard. It's it's kind of like quarterbacks in football. Uh, for me, uh, you know, I don't believe you have to have Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl, uh, but you can't have Brian Hoyer, no. or you can't have Florida. You can't have Florida's quarterback. Oh, okay. Chuck, what a cheap <laughs> shot! Well, it just seems to be so <laughs> difficult to get to pick up that that point guard in free well, agency. Let me just ask you: there's a there's a player on this team whose name has not come up uh, on the keepers on old guys, Andrew Bogut. What? Is the best thing that could happen to the Mavericks with Andrew Bogut? Would it be trading him for a pick? What would it be? That's a great question. Uh, obviously, uh, people are going to poke around and ask if the, if the Mavericks are, are interested. It was interesting to me that Bogut, uh, when uh, he had the opportunity to leave last year, when he knew that the Warriors were, were going to move him, uh, you know, basically said, where do you want to go? And he decided that he wanted to come here, uh, for, among other reasons, that he really did like the organization. Uh, you know, he knew he was going to a team that wasn't a great
tell me, you know, if you if you can get a first round draft choice for Andrew Bogut, I think you have to do that. I think you have to. I think you probably have to make that trade. Sure. But short short of that, uh, I think Andrew Bogut has real value to this team. Like, he's a really unique player, um, and I, I think we've seen signs of that in the last couple of weeks, and not just with his rebounding, which has been really really consistent, but uh, the way. Uh, he now understands uh, the Mavericks' offense and how what he what he can do with the players around him and what the players expect out of him. I think at the beginning of the year there was just uh, a real tentativeness about how they worked off of each other. I don't think there was a, a lot of anticipation of, of what uh, the other was expecting, but I think that's coming now, and I think you do see a real difference. So. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem at all if the Mavericks didn't get the deal they wanted, and they wanted to bring Andrew Bogut back at a you know at a legitimate number in this crazed NBA market, mm-hmm. uh, and and take him and uh, while you're trying to find other players to to ultimately take his place, uh, I, I'd be okay with that. But if you can get a first round draft choice for him, especially in this draft. Uh, I would be, I'd be very hard pressed not to do that. Yeah, to me, that's that's the issue with, with him. Is that I love Andrew Bogan. I, I think he's 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 really smart. He's really tough. He really brings a lot to this organization and to this team. My my problem is that you know how healthy is he going to be? You know the the knees are always problematic with him. He's he's been pretty good this year as far as that goes. But uh, you know what? You know what, Kevin? He played seventy games last year. He, he did, but his minutes were, were a lot less than what he's playing now. He's, he's playing more minutes oh, now than he played I mean, last year, right? Yes, he did. I mean, but he, he played about 20, 21 minutes, and that's all that Golden State really wanted to play their centers. Yeah. Um, but but I don't. It's not like he's going to play thirty two minutes here either. No, that's that's not going to happen. But you don't. Even, but you don't want that to happen either. You, you know, that's what that's what no, I was saying earlier. No, not at all. You want those, some of those. You want to see some of these young guys. Let me ask you this question now, because of what what uh, in in Barry was when he asked you that question, he, he did leave out another guy we didn't mention, and that was Dirk. Uh, I thought we 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 have well, talked no, about Dirk. No, we talked about. We didn't talk about him as being a keeper or not. I want uh, to ask you this: If you think if if Dirk if this Achilles problem continues throughout the season. Do you foresee the possibility that Dirk says, "You know what? I uh, I know I'm signed up for two, but uh, I I can't go through this again. I, I'm out." Well, Dirk has always said, "I'll keep playing as long as I'm I'm healthy. I enjoy it, and we can compete." And he can, he's the only one who can answer those three questions in the off season. I mean, I'm on board, frankly, for whatever Dirk decides. Sure, Dirk has earned that right to decide if he wants to play or not play. Absolutely. And if it delays the, the Mavericks' ultimate development by a year, I can certainly live with that. Uh, and I would hope that all Mavericks fans could live with that. Um, but it, I think those are the three questions. He, he's always said those three things had to all be in play for, for him to continue to play and take it year by year. Uh, and only in... July, I guess, June or July next year, will we get an answer on that? So, uh, Chuck, it's been a pleasure having you on with us today. Did you want to ask him something else about Florida? No, uh, he he's he's already <laughs> defamed Jim McElwain. He just me to cry. He, he, he just likes seeing me cry. Jim, no, you, you've already defamed Jim McElwain enough. I I th- I think we've done it because we have to get on to our next podcast. We're having Mark Followell on, where, uh, where uh, Kevin uh, can call him his. Favorite uh, Maverick broadcaster yeah. of all time. Exactly. 
Oh, listen, when I say something, I stand behind it. You stand behind yeah, that's it. That's okay. He's my favorite Maverick broadcaster, too. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was great having you. Um, uh, let me. I, I got to ask you this: You do you like the Final Four in the college football playoffs? Do, do I, the, the four the, that were ultimately chosen, the yes. four that, that that have been chosen, would they have been? Would they have been Cooperstein's Final Four? No, they were not. They would not have been my Final Four. And what would I, you? I would have had. I would have had. To, I would have had Penn State in. Yeah. Penn State won the most difficult league in America this year. I'm sorry that they accomplished in, in a in a system that only has four. The conference championship has to count for something. Well, and and they, especially in a league like the Big Ten. But, 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 but who's out? If Penn State's in, who's out? Well, Ohio State has to be. I'm sorry? In. If oh. Penn State is in, who's oh. out? Ohio State's out. Okay, Ohio State. Well, well, and, 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 here's, and here's the deal. Penn Washington. State beat Ohio State. It's a head to head. I agree with you guys. I agree with Chuck. We I had, don't understand. I don't understand. Chris Dufresne on. I agree. He said yeah. the same exact thing. A very knowledgeable college football writer as well. He said the same thing. I agree. But think, obviously, those the, the committee did not. Well, here's here's my problem with it is what is what. Uh, here's the, you know what Kevin Barry these guys all they did what any fan could have done. They took the teams with the fewest losses and put them in the playoff. That's that's what they did. Well, I think they, I think you're exactly well. I think there was two things. I think this is what I brought with Chris. The, the those four teams were in the top ten in defense, and I think those coaches. Love defense. They want to know. They want to know that you're that you're well balanced and that you're going to be able to do yeah. play both sides of the ball. And I and I get that to, to a certain extent. But the fact that you know, and, and you're right that Penn State has two losses. Of course, the two losses. One of them was a bad loss to Michigan. The but the other one was by uh, Pitt, to Pitt, was to Pitt right? by by three points when Clemson beat Pitt by one point in a game that wasn't decided until the last seconds. Clemson lost to Pittsburgh. Clemson lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's 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 Pittsburgh, correct. Pittsburgh beat Clemson on a field goal at the end of the game. That, that, oh, that's, that's right. The kid hit correct. the field goal. Now we have to go back and redo the college football. Yeah, we have to do that. So, so the the whole point to, to me is is ridiculous that that we're going to. And I will say this too: that Penn State came a long way. I thought when they started the season, I didn't think they looked very good. Uh, but then they really played. Real, but that's the whole point, right? We're willing to know how the team is playing right now. How, how well is this team playing right now? Well, I mean, look. You know, I I think the bo- the body of work. The body of work does matter, but at the same time, when you when you only have four spots for five power conferences, you know you winning your conference has got to count for something. Otherwise, why would we? Why do we even schedule conference games? Why do we do that? Well, let's just go. Hey, let's just go schedule twelve games against uh, against whoever and. Whoever has the fewest losses, if there are four teams, well, this is, four losses. This is why Bob Bowles. This is why Bob Bowlesby is asking the question: How come you guys told us that thirteenth data point was so important, and now Ohio State is in and they don't have one? Meaning the conference, exactly conference right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would have thought it might be TV markets or something, but Penn State is the same. Basically, brings the same TV markets as Ohio State does, and maybe better because they're in, they, they bring New York, I think, uh, and and Philly. But uh, right. Ke- Kevin's motioning me. We have to go. Oh, he, I, he's hungry. Well, no, it's we time to, to wrap this up. Well, I, they got they got mad at us. We actually had a sixty-one minute college podcast last week <laughs> with Tim Brando. Of course, that was that was fifty-seven minutes of Tim Brando talking. Now you're going to say, yeah, how, how much did you actually talk when Brando came on? Now you're insulting Tim Brando. <laughs> you insulted Mark Fowler. At one no. point, Evan Grant asked me a question. He said, "Now, Kevin, I want to ask you." And he, and he asked me a question, and then Tim answered the question. And but you know what? We well, got. Well, we, hey, he, 
is the greatest. He, he is, is great. Oh, we love Tim Brando. He's he's terrific. You know, he's he's, he's like you. He has an opinion. You you know you don't you never have to worry about asking Tim Brando a question and having to say you know I'm on the fence on this one. And I think that's the beauty of Chuck Cooperstein as well. Chuck, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, thanks, it, it, it was great. It was great talking Mavericks. We hope to have you on again now that Mark Falwell will never be on with us again. So so thanks. <laughs> Stop Please it. call Mark. He's ha- he's happy to join you. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Will you will you uh, th- take us out of here? Will you t- well, before you take us out of there, I want an apology. For, for apology, Mark. apology. I love Mark Followell. I love Mark Followell. He's the greatest. I, this is my opinion. I'm I apologize for having an opinion. No. All right. This is my job. Well, maybe if Evan Grant was here, he would have stood up for Mark Followell. Yes, he would have. Uh, that that's it for our Maverick uh, podcast. Today. we also had a Cowboy podcast with Gary Myers. Very opinionated writer from New York who uh, uh, claims to be the greatest sports uh, writer ever in the history of the Dallas Morning News, and he may be right. May be right. And then uh, we had the uh, – what, what was our other podcast? Oh, we had Chris Dufresne talking – Nice. Oh, Try to remember what we're doing, okay? Talking college football. And, and, and the CFP. The CFP. Got a little Art Bryles in there. Got a little uh, uh, West Coast bias in there, I think, Chris – Chris lives a in little L- bit, L- 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 but it's good to hear that because we never hear that. That's correct. No one hears it. No one hears. No one's that paying attention because, to the West Coast. They're either too late at night or too early. According in the morning. to everybody else, college football ends uh, at the Mississippi River. Uh, but we're on the we're on the other side of the Mississippi. No, no, River. I'm talking about everybody in the rest of the country. Oh yeah, because that, that takes in the SEC, the SEC, and the and Big, Big Ten. Ten. That's it. Well, you know there are there are two power conferences. They are they, they are the two best conferences, and, and they're the two power conferences. And when people talk about five power conference. Five pa- five powers uh, it, it conferences. It's power two. It's the power two and the three dwarfs. Let's call it that. I'm well, but well, here's here's the problem. Here's the problem with that though is that we we lump everybody in. If you're in this conference, we lump you with everybody else. That's not fair. No, I did think Washington really showed itself at the end of the year as being a very good. They team. did, and I was rooting for Washington State too for our old friend Mike Leach. Mike Leach, the pirate. but the pirate. But yeah, I watched. I actually watched that game from start to finish, and and it was clear that Washington. And, is is a good team. Unfortunately, here's what's going to happen. What? Here's what, the, 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 and it's going to make the, the CFP committee very, very happy. Watch Ohio State will beat Clemson, and they'll go, see, we told you. And then Ohio State, which is entirely possible because Clemson hasn't been right, killer but, this but, year. But Ohio State is 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 the team that everybody's ah, they shouldn't be there. So they'll beat Clemson, and and that'll have the committee the members State, Alabama, and they'll have the committee members puff their chest, and they might stay with Alabama for a while, and but no one's going to beat Alabama. Agree. No, I don't see. I, I think the only way. No, I, you don't agree. Well, no, I'm saying that. that no, you the, agree. the only way that Alabama loses, as I said earlier to Chris, is that if if Jalen Hurts has a couple of turnovers, which is possible, he's a freshman, uh, and it, 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 and it's a close game. Uh, but Alabama's defense, Alabama's defense is off the charts. Okay, I'm looking across the studio now at glassy-eyed Doug, who can't wait to get out of here. So we we should end the podcast. We should. All right, take us out, Kevin. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.